This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. This is episode three in a three-part series on how to build lasting habits, leveraging the science of behavior design. In today's episode, I discuss the science of goal-seeking behavior and when to celebrate your actions and when to lean into the hard work itself and delay gratification. But before we get started, please take two seconds and smash the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, as this is one of the best ways that you can help support the podcast. Today, I want to start the episode by recapping the framework we've been discussing for building habits that last. And it's a four-part framework. The first part is to create a SMART goal, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. And then under that is understanding your why. And you can figure out your why by going through the five whys exercises that we discussed previously, because your why is really the, the glue behind your goal. The second part is identifying your values because your values will anchor your actions. The third part is how to take action using the FOG behavior design model. And then today we're going to talk about celebration and acknowledgement or goal-seeking behaviors. So I have a question for you. How do some people go cold turkey or start a new habit in one day? The answer is most likely emotion. Dr. B.J. Fogg says that emotions build habits. I want you to think about it this way. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to ruminate on all the things that I haven't done well or the things that that I have not done. Uh, I sometimes lay in bed. I'm just like, oh, man, there was this, this and this I didn't get done. As Dr. Fogg points out, though, adults have many ways to tell themselves that I did a bad job, but they have very few ways of telling themselves that I did a good job. We rarely recognize our successes and feel good about what we've done. And the conclusion of Fogg's model, B equals MAP, behavior equals motivation, ability, prompt, is this technique he calls celebration. And when you celebrate the actions you take towards your goal, you create a positive feeling inside yourself on demand. In psychology, learning is how you facilitate a change in behavior in response to your environment. This is also known as like neuroplasticity, or the brain's change in response to environmental things. When you celebrate effectively, you tap into your brain's reward circuitry. And we're going to talk about the good and the bad parts of this. But by feeling good at the right moment, you can cause your brain to recognize and encode a sequence of behaviors you just performed. And this process is neurochemical, and you can make it happen through a range of emotions, humor, joy, laughter, a host of things. When you experience positive reinforcement or a surprise positive feedback, there is a change in the baseline level of a neuromodulator called dopamine. And a neuromodulator is something that can switch on or off a host of neural circuits. And dopamine is primarily responsible for motivation, drive, craving, and time perception, which we'll talk about in just a second. And you have a baseline level of dopamine in your body at all times, but it can be regulated through various mechanistic processes, one of which is called a reward prediction error. Based on previous experiences, your brain has formed predictions about what you will experience in a given situation. For instance, your brain knows that maybe chocolate is delicious and you anticipate that. 
It also knows that your weekly all-hands meeting at work can be boring and because your manager doesn't know how to be concise with time, so you dread it. But when an experience deviates from the pattern your brain expects, you get a reward prediction error. And there's a transient increase in dopamine, which updates your expectation for future events. I kind of think about like seventh grade, like we go to a dance and you're like, okay, I'm going to ask out, you know, I'm going to ask this girl to dance with me. She says, no, you get no, 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 no. And you're like, oh, this is terrible. I'm never going to do this. But then finally you like get up the guts to do it one last time. And the girl says, yes. And now you're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to do it again. That's the type of reward prediction error we're talking about. And you can tap into this, especially in early habit formation, by celebrating early actions you take towards your goals. But in order for this to be effective, you need to celebrate in a way that elicits a positive emotional feeling. Think about how a tennis player may respond or celebrate after winning a Grand Slam, or a football player celebrates after scoring a touchdown, or maybe how you celebrate after your team wins the big game. You need to come up with a celebration that elicits a similar reaction. It could be a fist pump. It could be humming your favorite song or a dance. It just has to elicit a positive emotional experience. So I want to tell you two stories. One, I was helping a friend of mine quit her sweet tooth. She had a really big sweet tooth and she wanted to get over that. And so we kind of broke down the series of events. Okay, when when do you eat sweets? And she's like, well, I eat sweets at night uh, when I watch Netflix with my husband. I'm like, okay. So we, we went through this whole process that we've been talking about. And we're like, okay, so let's choose something that we can do instead of eating sweets. So she's like, well, I'll drink some sparkling water. Tastes good. Kind of fills me up a little bit. I'm like, great. So the prompting moment was when I sit down to watch Netflix with my husband, I'm going to drink a glass of sparkling water. But then the celebration or the thing that she decided to do to kind of get this thing going was I want to give my husband a high five because she's a former athlete and that would kind of get her jacked up. So she did this. She like did this for about a week. Every time she would watch Netflix, she'd drink sparkling water, give her husband a high five and like literally within a week, no longer had the sweet tooth at that time. Had another friend. He was trying to quit sugary beverages. So he did the same thing with sparkling water, but he didn't have anybody to high five. So he literally drew a picture of a hand and put it on a note card and on his wall. So what he would do is when he made that choice to go for the sparkling water, he'd high five the hand. And that was kind of his thing to be like, yes, this is good. And it really helped him. But the key is that whatever action you choose, it must elicit a positive emotional experience. But here's the caveat. You shouldn't do it forever. And here's why especially for something that's like a long-term goal. Working hard to get a reward that comes at the end can make working hard even harder. It can make the process even more challenging and you'll be less likely to engage in the work. So let's say you have a work project that's like nine months long. If you're working for the final outcome, you are gonna be, and that's all you're looking at, you are gonna be more likely to quit. Because all you're thinking about is the carrot at the end of the stick. Over the long run, when we give ourselves rewards, we get less pleasure from doing the activity or the action itself. This negative sensation occurs because after you give yourself the reward, we get a bump in dopamine, but there's also a dip that occurs afterwards, like below baseline, which generates these negative emotions and feelings. So something I learned recently is that dopamine impacts our perception of time. I knew this from my experience with athletes, but I didn't really understand the mechanism behind this. So when we are engaged in a long-term pursuit, like maybe weight loss, 
or a mental health practice or writing a dissertation, which took forever for me, or a book. We want to derive enjoyment from the experience itself. You don't want that enjoyment to be tethered to the outcome that's way down the line. And this is where growth mindset comes into play. Simply stated, growth mindset is when the reward comes from the pursuit itself. So this is why my wife and I give our children feedback based on their effort and not the outcome. So for instance, when my son earns a stripe in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm not like, yeah, man, you got a stripe. I'm like, man, you worked really hard to get there. Or a good grade. It's not like, you know, oh man, you got a 95. It's like, hey, look, like last week you got a low B, but this week you got the 95. Like what was different? Oh, I did this. this. That's a great, like you put in the work, you struggled to do it. What it does is it shines the light on the effort itself and not the outcome. But to do that, you need to be conscious about acknowledging the work you're putting in and that there's pleasure in the pain or the process. So the way I like to think about it is there's two runners running a marathon. The first runner is only thinking about the end of the marathon. And, you know, eight miles in, they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm only like, I'm a little less than a third of the way through. And then they get to 15 miles and the pain just starts accumulating. Their muscles are sore and they're just thinking about the end, thinking about the end and eventually they quit. Why? Because dopamine gets so low that they just don't want to continue. See, like in long-term physical pursuits, the reason people quit is not because of just they run out of physical resources like muscle glycogen or whatever. It's because their dopamine gets so low. They no longer want to pursue that difficult thing. Because of how dopamine impacts your perception of time, if you're working for the finish line, you actually make the process more painful, so you're more likely to quit. So what you need to do is attach the hard work you're doing with an internal rewarding mechanism or an acknowledgement that, yes, I know this sucks, but I'm here doing the hard thing because I want to and I love doing it. So like recording podcasts is not always the funnest process. You got to read, you got to prepare, and it can be really hard work. But I find satisfaction and I try to find satisfaction in that, not just dropping the podcast and you know you get great feedback. It's like I enjoyed, I'm trying to find enjoyment and I am enjoying the process of actually learning and putting the work in. And it's, I've learned the same thing through building an app. You know, you got to find joy in the user experience interviews, the be, you know, the design process, the experimentation. And what this does is it'll actually delay a significant dopamine release in the moment, but increase your baseline level of dopamine in the long term so you can consistently pursue difficult things. So here's my recommendation. The first time you perform a new habit, celebrate in a big way that elicits a positive emotional experience and you get that reward prediction error. And you may even want to do it a few times, but then you want to shift to the acknowledgement or growth mindset process of finding satisfaction in the work itself and not the outcome. And you still may want to change the um, the level of difficulty of the action. So, you know, not motivated, one tooth, really motivated, floss all your teeth. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to episode two. The outcome you desire will happen, but you won't get there unless you can consistently put in the hard work. If you can do this, you will totally shift the way that you pursue difficult things and you'll develop the capacity to do difficult things in a whole bunch of different areas in your life. So let's end today by recapping the framework we've been discussing for building habits that last. One, create a SMART goal. 
I would say 1B, understand your why. Two, identify your values and anchor your actions in them. Three, use the FOG behavior design model. Understand that behavior is motivation, ability, and prompt. And then four, celebration and acknowledgement. Move from celebration to a growth mindset process, and this will help you consistently pursue difficult things. If this episode was helpful, please share it with someone you know that's in the process of pursuing a new goal or is in the middle of a difficult or long-term process. I'm very positive that this will help them on their journey and they'll be thankful that you shared this with them. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you enjoy it, please leave us a review and a comment on the Apple Podcast app as my goal is to reach 150 comments by February 1st. Apple promotes podcasts with bigger numbers of comments and reviews and puts them in the news and noteworthy section. That's one of the best ways that we can go ahead and spread the message of the blueprint. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.